Action Network Podcast. 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 If you are even remotely a savage, you'll run these people over in a second. Welcome in to the Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. Brendan Glasheen joined by our MMA analysts, Sean Zarillo and Billy Ward. You guessed it, UFC betting preview. We're on to UFC 286 this weekend from the O2 Arena in London. Looking at underdogs, props, and more. We'll get best bets before we wrap up the program. First, we start with the main event. Kamaru Usman and taking on Leon Edwards the third. This is a trilogy fight. Looking forward to this one, fellas. You look at the FanDuel Sportsbook. Edwards at plus 198 on the money line. Usman at minus 250. I've got Billy Ward. We'll get to Billy in a second. We'll go Zarillo first. I've got Billy Ward's luck rankings up right now as a handy-dandy study guide. Uh, you can find that in the Action Network app, actionnetwork.com. Billy basically does exactly what we did during football season with luck rankings, Kerner and Giffen. Same kind of deal. He's got luck rankings up for uh, the UFC fights. Each week we have a fight card. Zerillo, where are you seeing? Well, first off, w- w- thoughts on the fight. And then second of, how do you want to bet it? Some of two minds about this fight. The first thought is that Usman closed minus 300 for the first fight. I would say he covered his price over the 24 minutes that we saw it play out. He probably could have wrestled more, but he still was up on the scorecards and was a minus 1500 favorite live in round five before getting knocked out with head kick. Now you see the line reopen at minus 350, get back down to minus 250, and you must think that's a steal. He covered his price the first time, getting a better number this time. But then you start to think, You know, watching the fight back, he didn't necessarily look as dominant as he had in previous fights. He lost the first round. Leon Edwards took him down. I thought it seemed like Usman, just skill-wise, athletically, had declined maybe 5 or 10% relative to his previous fights. So knowing that he took a step back maybe in his last fight, brutally knocked out, I mean, sent to the absolute shadow realm, that's as bad of a knockout as you will see in MMA. Leon didn't even bother following up. He was out cold. Brutal knockout. Potentially career-altering knockout. Has always had a questionable chin. Knocked down by Herbert Burns. Or knocked down by Gilbert Burns. It'd be horrible if Herbert Burns knocked him down. But knocked down by Gilbert Burns. Always seemed like there was a potential that at some point somebody was going to connect on Usman and hurt him badly. And Leon managed to do it. So coming back here after that knockout... Not sure if the chin is going to be worse. Is he going to be able to take a punch at all? Wasn't a significant layoff either. Not like he took 18 months after the knockout to fully recover, heal his brain. Has had a hand injury that he's been dealing with in the past, apparently a broken hand. So all of the red flags are on Usman's side, in addition to the fact that the former champion in immediate title rematches is 4-11. So I want this line to continue to tick down more If I'm going to bet Usman, I projected him around minus 250 here. I would wait for minus 220 before jumping in, or I would wait until the fight starts, let the first round play out. Maybe Edwards wins it again. Maybe Usman doesn't go to the takedown right away, and they sort of play it as a striking battle. I would expect him to wrestle more in this fight. He just may not do it immediately. So maybe that price just gets a little bit tighter, a little bit closer to evens after round one, which Leon may win with the home crowd. 
But then I would expect Kamaru to eventually wrestle, push him up against the cage and look to take him down and control him. So Usman searching for a better price at a discount. One other thing I want to mention about the first fight too, that card, that entire card took place in Salt Lake City and we consistently saw fighters gassing out throughout that night. Edwards gassed out pretty badly in that fight and still managed to get the knockout. We know there's a cardio differential between these two guys and that Kamaru does have the better cardio, but maybe it's not as big of a gap when they're fighting in England versus Salt Lake City at elevation. So curious to see how the cardio dynamic plays out too. But all of that said, I think you are getting a discount on Usman here. I just want to wait to get the best price available. Coming off his first career knockout, coming off, I was trying to recover from his first career knockout. And I was reading up on, on the chin stuff. I, this is like, historically, your durability does uh, decrease. So that's it makes sense as to why you want to wait for, for a better price for the Nigerian nightmare. Billy Ward, looking at your luck rankings, they won't bury the lead. You think Edwards is slightly overvalued, but do you agree, agree with Zarillo that you want to wait on a better price if you wanted to take the money line on Usman? Yeah, Sean did a tremendous job breaking that one down of all the issues that there are with Usman. This wasn't really one that I necessarily want to classify as luck. I guess it's more variance. Right. It's not lucky. You know, Leon Edwards practiced that head kick. He's probably thrown it 10,000 times in his life. He knows he's fighting a guy in Usman, a boxer, wrestler type, who likes to dip his shoulders off to the side, which leaves him susceptible to that. So it's not luck. But that doesn't mean he's going to do it again, right? Like, it's really hard to catch a guy like that. You know Usman's been training for it. You know he's been practicing keeping his hands up, dipping more straight down rather than leaning off to the side. All of those things. So, again, it's not luck, but, you know, Sean did a good job with it in that we saw him as minus 350 or so, and he looked every bit deserving of that for 98% of that fight until he got knocked out. So I'm with Sean. If you're going to play the money line, I think we can probably get a little bit better line on Usman as we get closer to it. What I'm looking for, though, is some of the end inside the distance or under four and a half props. Under four and a half is plus 152 on FanDuel. I know the stoppage came after that point last time, but that's incredibly rare, right? Stoppage rates go down throughout the fight, traditionally as fighters get more tired. So Sean pointed out the cardio factor. They should have a little bit more gas in the tank in the later rounds to potentially go for stoppages due to the lack of elevation. The other thing, if I'm Usman coming into this fight, I think I'm going to be a little bit more aggressive trying to get Edwards out of there, knowing that he has the ability to knock you out. One of the flaws, I think, from how he approached it the first time is he was happy to win rounds, but never really was trying to finish Edwards. And that that's fine if you know that he can't hurt you, if he can't touch you. But we know that's not the case now. We know that Edwards can put him out. So, you know, sometimes I think I get a little bit too heavy into what I would do if I were preparing for this fight versus what I think that fighter's going to do. But he's got a really good camp. If I'm the Usman side, especially in the second, third, fourth round, and you keep getting those takedowns, I think he's going to try a little bit harder to put him away which also leaves him more susceptible to getting caught on his own right. But that's how I would approach it. So at plus 152, that's my favorite bet right now. You know, do not go to a decision. You can get plus 120, plus 130. The odds of it ending in the last half of the fifth round are pretty slim. It's probably juiced a little bit just because we saw it last time. So that under four and a half, probably the best way to play it. If you're a little scared by that late stoppage, go ahead and take the does not go to a decision at, you know, plus 125, plus 130 as well. Zarello, any Thoughts on on ra- the round angle for for this fight, or is it does that tie into waiting possibly? I think it's worth noting that the the line, even though the line on the money line has changed, the line on the total is actually the same as it was for the first fight. But 
Leon Edwards was my bet. It's worth noting what I bet in the first fight and my analysis in the first fight. I bet Leon Edwards small by decision in the first fight, plus 850.1 unit. His odds to win by the decision this time around are plus 450. I don't really get why that discrepancy has changed so much. I know he has the home crowd. I know his money line has moved in, but the percentage relative to his finish and his decision props has moved apparently too, and I don't necessarily get that. I don't think he's necessarily more likely to win minutes in this fight unless Usman decides not to wrestle. So I would tend to lean towards Usman decision, Leon inside the distance, if I was going to pick a winning method and their likelier winning method. So I'm a bit surprised that Leon's decision line moved in as much as it did. I was probably going to look to play that again if it was at a similar number. Let's dive into favorite underdogs. It's a big prelim card. And then four more fights, including the one we just, uh, not including the one we just talked about, four more on the uh, UFC 286 main card. Where are we seeing value for underdogs, Zarillo? I like Dusko Chdorovich, plus 185 against Christopher Duncan. One of two Chris Duncans that we have on this card. The UFC has two Chris Duncans signed to their roster. They decided to confuse all betters and put both of them on the same fight card. So when you go to search for Chris Duncan on your betting board, you're going to find two of them. But Well, and there's well, there's a Christian Leroy Duncan and then yes. Chris Duncan. Yes, we have Christian Duncan and Chris Duncan. So you can differentiate by the chin versus the Chris. But in terms of this fight, uh, I just don't think the money line makes any sense in terms of who is the grappling upside, who's more active. And that is Sidorovich. He's also the UFC veteran, has been in the octagon more frequently, more accustomed to the environment. Duncan, I believe, is English, so he will be the home fighter. But in terms of how the fight plays out, Dusko has some huge liabilities on the feet. He's not good defensively. He fights out of a karate stance and he keeps his head low. He keeps his hands low. So he doesn't defend his face. He doesn't move his head when he's striking and he doesn't have the best chin. So none of that is a good combination when you're going against the kickboxer. The thing is Dusko has better volume. He tends to stay at good karate range. He fights out of a karate stance. So he's good at getting his kicks off and not getting punched, staying out of that distance or when he wants to, he gets inside of an opponents, clinches them, and then eventually tries to take them to the ground. I think he has all the grappling upside in this fight. I think he also has the volume advantage if they just stay striking for extended periods. Obviously, his opponent has the finishing upside, giving Dusko's defensive liabilities. But in terms of finishing upside on the mat, I give it all to Dusko as well. So this should be closer to a pick-em price, in my opinion. You're getting Dusko all the way up at plus 185. I probably projected him closer, I believe, to plus 140 just because of the finishing upside factor and the durability stuff on the feet. But clear value side in the underdog here, Dusko Tavorovic, like him down to about plus 160. All right, he's at plus 172 as we record right now, plus 172 over on FanDuel as we record on, on a Friday. Billy, favorite dog for the weekend? Yeah, we got the main card opener is a middleweight title, or not title fight, middleweight fight between Marvin Vittori and Roman Delice. Really interesting fight. You know, Delize has been tearing it up. I think he's on a four-fight win streak, three finishes. And we know Marvin Vittori, right? He's been near the top of the middleweight rankings for a long time. Pretty much only lost to former champions or former title challengers. So this is a big step up for Delize. But I'm going with Delize at plus 225. The issue with Vittori is he's, I would say, primarily a striker, but he doesn't put people away. You know, he kind of pitter-pats, wins minutes, wins rounds. Delize has crazy power he knocks out people and he's also like abu dhabi you know level grappler some of the most creative grappling i've ever seen he finished jack Hermanson with like a weird calf slicer setup that he used to then land punches 
And I think he's just going to be far too much for Vittori if this one gets to the ground. So on the feet, Vittori is probably the better technical striker and he's going to land more. But we have the chance that Delize knocks him out and puts him away. And if it's a grappling match, Delize should be much, much more comfortable on the ground. He would be a huge favorite if they were just grappling. So plus 225, we've just got multiple paths to win here. It kind of goes back to my like two out of three between wrestling, jujitsu, and striking. And I think Delize, while he's not the better striker, he has the chance to do more damage. And then once it hits the mat, he's also better there. So I think he's got two of those three realms covered. And at plus 225, that's a really good price. Three straight knockout wins, has a height advantage as well on Vittori. So he's got some uh he's got some momentum going into this particular fight. Fight of the night that you guys want to hit on, Justin Geechee and Rafael Faziv. Where do we see an edge here on the on the main card, Zarillo? Faziv at minus 235. He's the favorite, and Geechee at plus 186. Yeah, I think this is a pretty evident A and B side in terms of how the UFC is looking to move along the lightweight division. Faziv coming up uh, tons, I mean, hundreds of professional Muay Thai fights. So beautiful technical striker, incredibly fast, powerful. I believe he does have the technical and speed edges against Gaethje in this matchup. And if they're striking for extended periods, which is what I expect is largely a 15-minute kickboxing match if it even goes that long i think faziv is going to outclass him on the feet we've seen from gaichi while he still has power phenomenal leg kicks great offensive fighter he has turned into a complete gas glass cannon at this stage of his career he does not take damage well anymore particularly to the body very weak to the body as soon as charles Oliveira hit him there he melted and faziv is going to light him up with body kicks kicks to the liver I think Fazeev is going to destroy Justin Gaethje tomorrow. The more I think about this fight, the less I like it for Gaethje. I've seen some people saying that Gaethje needs to wrestle if he wants to win this fight. He never offensively wrestles. And frankly, Fazeev's takedown defense looks so good in his last fight against RDA. I think this guy is going to compete for a title. I don't know if he's going to beat Islam Makachev, but I think he's certainly good enough and well-rounded enough that he deserves a title shot and is going to get to it. So this is the type of fight that they put on for him, not only to build him up in terms of just getting an exciting fight in general, potential fight of the night contender, but also because Justin Gaethje is the type of big-name opponent who he's capable of finishing. I think he finishes him with body shots here. He may even do it in the first round. So Rafael Fazeev, like him on the money line, like him by knockout at plus 140, like him inside the distance at plus 115. We will get to him again in a minute, but... Love this fight from a variety of perspectives for Fazeev. Yeah, the method of victory, uh, Fazeev, KO, TKO, that is the uh, the top one on the board as far as the the most, the more, based on the odds, the more likely scenario to play out at plus 140. Um, so Zarello seeing value there. Billy, your thoughts on the fight? I think you've got a Fazeev angle as well. Yeah, Brendan, you teed it up perfectly for me. I'm looking at Fazeev by knockout, plus 140, as you mentioned. It's pretty straightforward, right? He's not going to submit Justin Gaethje. He's not going to submit anyone. He doesn't try to do that. So it's it's decision or knockout. And as Sean pointed out, Gaethje has gotten a little bit more fragile through time. And he's just a brawler. Like, he's going to come forward and trade with him, which means someone's probably going to get knocked out. It's it's a horrible style matchup for Gaethje. I hear the wrestling angle. If I thought Gaethje would wrestle, I'd consider, you know, playing his money line or looking at him as underdog. But we don't really see him do it ever. Even if we knew that he wanted to, there's some questions about whether he'd be able to. 
but he doesn't want to. He just wants to go out there and brawl and have a slugfest. And against a guy who's a little bit more technical, uh, Raphael hits that a little bit shorter but longer reach thing that I like to target, especially with striking matchups. He's younger. You know, he's knocked out most of his past, or, you know, three of his past four. There's really a lot to like on Fiziev. So, yeah, I'm with the knockout angle. I think Gaethje is a stylistically lends himself to that because he's going to be willing to stand and trade with a more technical, more dynamic striker. Not only is he five years younger, but I just feel like in terms of the damage Gaethje has taken to Gaethje's probably like add an extra five years of fight years onto his actual age too. So in terms of where these two are at in their prospective careers, Fiziev streaking towards a title shot, Gaethje 0-2 in title shots and clearly on the way down. Also six and four record in the UFC. So he's trending towards being a 500 fighter. People look at him as still a f- future champion, which I don't think is the case. Sounds like for Fazeev, he'll have the edge in what uh, Kevin Garnett once said, a bar fight, going to be a bar fight tonight. So <laughs> I like it. I might take Gaethje in a bar fight, honestly. More likely to break a glass over the bar and come at you with that. Just crazy factor, maybe go to Gaethje, but in terms of technical striking, I'll give it to Fazeev. Mm-hmm. Well, too bad he doesn't have a, a, a beer bottle with him no. in, the, in the ring. Let's go to the top, our top props for UFC 286 again this weekend in London. We're breaking it down. Zerillo, you've got, uh, what do you got for us in the prop market? Yeah, Makwan Umarakani, Mr. Finland. If you go to his topology page, the GOAT topology picture, um, it's really easy to bet this guy, actually, because he does the same thing every time. He's very dangerous for about three or four minutes, and then his cardio falls off of a cliff. But in every single one of his fights, even the ones he loses, he gets opponents to dangerous positions, puts them in very dangerous positions in the first round. So you're giving me plus 1,200 on him to win in round one, plus 600 to win inside the distance. Those are the kind of bets I'm going to play on Makwin or Mirkani every time he fights until he retires because he generally gets a takedown, is able to put his arms around his opponent's neck and threaten front strokes for the first three minutes of the fight. And then if he doesn't get it, he either loses or is able to get a takedown in subsequent rounds and hang on with very poor cardio. But basically, you're going to play those Amir Khani early props, the round one prop, the inside the distance prop, and then look to target his opponent live after round one. The reason why I like this matchup for Amir Khani in particular is Jack Shores moving up in weight class. Not the strongest fighter, not the most physically strong fighter, even when he was fighting at 135. So now coming up to 145, I do think Amir Khani is going to put him in dangerous positions in the first round. We'll have a strength advantage before eventually gassing out. Billy, favorite prop? Yeah, I'm looking at a prelim bout between Yanel Ashmaz and Sam Patterson. Ashmaz is a pretty heavy underdog here. Even further, when you're looking at his knockout props, plus 650 or so, they've just started to come up on some of the sports books, so we might even be able to find a little bit better line in you know a few hours. But these guys are both making their UFC debut. Patterson's coming off the Contender Series. Ashmaz is coming off the PFL Challenger Series, which I think that's leading to the line being where it is a little bit. But the PFL Challenger Series is not all that far off from the Contender Series in terms of quality of opponent or type of fight that you're getting. I think these guys should be a lot closer on the money line, but I really like Ashmaz's knockout prop. Patterson is 6'3", extremely long. He's now tied for Jalen Turner for the tallest lightweight on the roster. But he has a really bad habit of following his jabs and his straight punches, dropping his hands instead of bringing him back to his chin. 
And, you know, he gets away with that a lot of the time because he is so tall, but he doesn't keep the range nearly as well as I'd like to see from a taller fighter. He goes straight forward and straight back, doesn't change angles. So Ashmov can come over the top with a big looping punch and catch him. This is what happened to Patterson as contender series bout. He got dropped in the first round, ended up recovering and winning the fight. But that that's a big concern against a lower level of competition getting dropped. Additionally, Ashmaz is a really good wrestler. I watched his Challenger series about, got on top, really aggressively hunted the ground and pound. He fought a taller guy there too, kind of shoved him up against the fence, used that length against him, and looked to beat him up. So there's a couple different ways he can knock him out here. I think the likeliest win for Ashmaz is probably a decision due to the wrestling, but at plus 650, I'm definitely going to sprinkle a little bit on that knockout prop as well. Okay, on to best bets before we wrap. UFC 286 betting preview here on the Action Network podcast. Zarillo, you're giving us a play that you're, you're going to reiterate a play that you like from earlier in the pod. Yeah, 15 fights on the card. Normally would want to give out a best bet on a different fight than one we've already covered. But the more I've thought about it, the more we've talked about it. Rafael Fazeev to win inside the distance at plus 115 is my favorite bet. I think it's a better way than playing his money line, given how the fight is going to play out. Likely brawl between him and Justin Gaethje. Fazeev going to be the more technical man in the brawl, going to be the better defensive fighter, more likely to avoid damage. But just given the way he strikes, the amount that he rips the body, particularly with his leg kicks, and the way that Justin Gaethje has reacted to getting hit to the body in his recent fights, losses to Charles Oliveira, Dustin Poirier absolutely cooked him to the body. I think this is a bad stylistic matchup for him on the feet, and I don't think he's going to have the offensive wrestling to be able to switch things up and take Fazeev down if he gets hurt or in trouble. So Fazeev inside the distance, plus 115. In addition to his knockout prop, plus 140, his money line always, I'm likely going to be betting him for Saturday night against Justin Gaethje. All right, very good, simple. And Billy, you are turning to variance rankings, luck rankings. You see an edge for Casey O'Neill. You know, if I had to pick what was actually my favorite bet on the card, I'd probably go back to Fizzy too. But a fight <laughs> a fight that really reminds me of that is Casey O'Neill versus Jennifer Maya. Jennifer Maya is, I think, late 30s, 34, fighting 25-year-old Casey O'Neill. Maya is 5-5 five and five in the UFC, has had a couple title shots, lost them both. Casey O'Neill is 25, undefeated in the UFC, from Scotland. So, you know, this is kind of a home game for her as well. Just like we saw with Fizzy and Gaethje, this is a fight that the UFC booked to make Casey O'Neill look good, to bring her towards the title picture, to make her a future contender against a veteran who has a name that some people might know, but has probably seen her best days already behind her. So she's minus 170. Part of that is because Casey O'Neill tore her ACL last year, which I think is part of what's leading into the line. But she's 25. It's been almost a year. We see younger athletes these days tear ACLs and come back in shorter time frames than that. And it's really not as big of a deal, I don't think, personally, in mixed martial arts relative to basketball or football or other sports. So minus 170, it's actually moved a little bit. I gave it out at minus 170 last night, so we've already seen some movement. I take her down to about minus 200. She's clearly the A-side here. Maya is a solid fighter, but she's in there to make Casey O'Neill look good, not there to be a competitive fight. Maya, 5-5 five and five in UFC, 34 years old is the, is the age. Uh, so there's a nine-year gap there. All right, fellas, good stuff. I feel ready to go. A lot of physique angles on this uh, this podcast today. UFC 286 this weekend from the O2 Arena in London. 
Folks, you can find Billy and Sean in the Action Network app. Also, like I've been talking about referencing Billy's luck rankings, edges available uh, on the Action Network website, also in the Action Network app. You can follow each of these guys individually in the Action Network app. If they have more picks, they'll be adding. Follow them in the app. I also want to add March Madness player props episode here on the Action Network podcast. It nearly swept the board in the opening round. So that's something you want to keep an eye on. We've got Kerner, Sean Kerner, Nick Giffen uh, joining us next week for Sweet 16 player props. That'll be available next Thursday on the Action Network podcast. So that's something you can look forward to as well. And of course, our UFC weekly betting previews will be back next week. For Sean Zarello, Billy Ward, Brendan Glasheen, best of luck with all your picks. We will see you next time on the Action Network podcast. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.